Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations. Hoping all is going well with you and yours. This is another episode of Fangs Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics. And today we're going to talk about the spring sports. I know I was supposed to go over the football schedule, but I really felt like I wanted to give that a little more time than just trying to cram everything into an hour. So we have another episode later on this week. And I apologize for not doing an episode last week. It just things kind of fell into play and uh did not happen the way i wanted them to so but we will work on our consistency and uh that being said though i mentioned the football team the football team has continued to sign players and names that are going to be notable in my personal opinion the latest one is one jack brooks he is from leon high school he's a kicker and he looks pretty good he got all district all big ben honors locally first team in fact and we're looking forward to it if you're familiar with FAMU athletics the kicking position has not been a position that FAMU's had a lot of problems or issues out of traditionally FAMU kickers don't have long big legs I, uh, I would say but they tend to be very accurate and that is a extreme juxtaposition from what we see across the street at Florida State where they have a history of kickers going wide right and wide left FAMU kickers are normally very consistent my entire lifetime. I can never remember a FAMU kicker where you were just scared to have them go up there and line up to kick a ball. Another dude that we have signing is Vladimir Rashawn. He is a track athlete, actually. So he's coming to FAMU on a track scholarship, but he plays football as well. But he's a guy from Reigns High School in Duval County, Jacksonville, Another guy from Reigns coming over to FAMU. That, that's literally FAMU East. I don't know what y'all going to do about it over there. But FAMU's got a strong foothold over there at Reigns. And there is some type of connection because we keep getting some of their top athletes to commit and come over to Florida A&M University. So we're ex- extremely excited as a fan base to have that continue going on. Now, We've talked about the football program. Let's move over to men's basketball. And during this taping, it is actually during the men's basketball game against Alabama A&M. And we went 0 for the sip, as I'm going to call it. FAMU did not win any of the games against any of the schools in Mississippi. FAMU lost to both Jackson State. Close loss, but that means FAMU got swept on the season by Jackson State. Uh, Which... That, that that's not a terrible thing but it's not something you want to have happen you definitely want to be able to defeat the best in the conference consistently the other team in mississippi that we played on that trip was alcorn state and that was a close game alcorn has a uh had the game on a facebook feed uh youtube feed i apologize where you could watch it and it was a close loss 
two-point game, and that evens the series. The first game was played in Tallahassee. FAMU came away with the win in that late. Alcorn, they came back, and they defeat the Rattlers, get a little bit of revenge, and even up the season series between the two schools, and the Alcorn fans were into it. If you watch the game, the video quality wasn't always the best, but the, the atmosphere was great considering the size and the day of the game. Definitely a uh, game atmosphere that I think our players and their fans all got to get a lot of enjoyment from. Uh, currently, we are playing Alabama A&M, but we came back home and the men were able to play Alabama State. And that was an 86 83 overtime victory and the big thing about that game was the technical fouls and the fouls were against alabama state uh their coach he came in there and he got several um kind of you could say boneheaded uh or ill-timed penalties and that helped the rattlers not only keep the lead but push the game to overtime without those technical fouls i would definitely say that FAMU does not finish that game where they finish it. And it's it became a thing where FAMU was hitting the free throws. But the other thing is, MJ Randolph is a baller. If you're not familiar, MJ Randolph is one of the leaders in the conference scoring-wise. I believe he is still the current leader. And he scored 30 points in that game all over the court. And when you watch the games, MJ is not just scoring. He's not just a ball hog. He does attempt to distribute, but you can see where Coach McCullum is trying to run the offense through MJ at times, and it's because MJ can score. He can get his own shot. I personally don't see him as a great three-point shooter. He does a lot of his damage from around the key. He can hit nice mid-range shots. He's very good at driving to the bucket and being able to find his teammates. And the advent of players like Johnny Brown, who is a stretch forward, meaning he's a guy that plays power forward or small forward, but he can also shoot from the outside. John, Johnny Brown is probably one of your better three-point shooters on the team, and we're able to see that that guy is opening the court, opening that key area so that you're allowing MJ to drive to the paint. Another unsung hero would be Cameron Reeves, and Cameron Reeves free throw night was epic and it was the most important part of that game in my opinion besides obviously MJ's 30 some odd points you could depend on Cameron Reeves to give you some free throws and it was it was like money every time Cameron goes to the line he hits his free throws and it made a big difference we've seen throughout this season at times where family was not very good at the free throw line we weren't very consistent and we weren't able to capitalize on three on free throws, and it ended up costing us some games. We actually saw where, uh, I forget the game a few games ago, we were actually below 50% from the free throw line to where Coach McCollum's like, yeah, we got to hit those free throws. That, that's that got to improve. I think we find a guy in Cameron that is going to be that guy where, hey, there's a penalty, something's going on, send Cameron to the line. He looked very good, very consistent from the free throw line in that game. Now, we got to move over to the other gender, uh, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, and it's not because I didn't watch the games. It's because they're, they're not winning the games. And the women's basketball team, they went over for the sip like the men's did, but they lost to Jackson State, and it, it's, 
it wasn't a great uh, end of game score. We're seeing that our ladies at halftime, they're close, if not ahead. And then by the fourth quarter, they're, they're blown out. It's a 20 point game, double digits. It's, it's not even, it's something where you're like, man, did we, did we compete? But if you watch the game, you notice that, yeah, we compete. It's just whether it's injury, COVID, or something in between, it's just not working out in our favor to where we're generating wins. And the same thing happens in Alcorn. Alcorn, we get to half, we're winning that game. Then come back a few minutes later, go pour yourself a drink, come back, like, all right, I'm about to watch this. We're about to get a win. And fourth quarter, we lost. <laughs> and it's like, dang it, man. It happens again. Same thing against Alabama State and another game where it's a double-digit loss at the end of the game. And you're just looking like, well, here we go again. And even tonight, we just finished this game against Alabama A&M and another loss. But it was a fairly close loss, a close game. Uh, again, we're playing shorthanded in this game. So you got to consider that Coach Pillow's doing the best with the hand she's dealt, but also the injuries and the effects of COVID and everything else are doing a number on this roster. And they affect us adversely when it comes to our in-game play. We're not going to win games when we don't have as many players as the other team. That's just, I mean, that that's just obvious unless we have superior talent. And in many cases, we have good talent, but it's not superior to the point to where we can miss two or three players and we can stand them getting winded and withstand these comebacks that these other teams are putting on us. That being said, I don't believe that Coach Pillow is not the person. I personally feel like she can turn this program around. As I've stated before, I really feel like she's going to need to get some more of her people in, but also she needs health. That health thing is going to be something that's got to happen in her favor. We've got to get healthy as a team. If we continue to stay a team that is injured and fighting illness during the season, it's going to negatively impact what Coach is able to do in the long run. This being a first season at FAMU, I'm not really concerned about it. I, I do see some talent. I feel like she knows the X and O's of the game when you listen to her talk. Uh, on the coaches show she's I hate to say the articulate line but she is articulate but she's also kind of keyed into understanding what it is she's a realist I, I do appreciate that and you can see the frustration on her when she's talking about the outcomes of these games and right now the the real push is to make the conference tournament I don't think we do unless everybody makes a conference tournament and if we do make the conference tournament, it, in my opinion, it's, it's a one-and-done type scenario or you play a, a game and then a, another game and you're home after two trips. Uh, respectfully, it would almost be better for the them to maybe get the experience and, stay, and then come back. But to another degree, it's almost better the way the season's going just to stay at home because it's very unlikely that we make a lot of noise in that conference tournament. That's always what your goal is especially being a smaller school, we're trying to get to those conference tournaments. We want to make noise. This isn't a Duke, North Carolina, Connecticut, South Carolina situation in women's basketball. Our, our main goal is to win the conference. And if we win the conference, then we can start getting to the NCAA tournament. And you build the program that way. And honestly, 
if we're being real about it, if she's going to build a program that way and the program is doing those kind of things, she's not going to be here very long. Uh, and that's just because somebody's going to offer more money, more opportunity. But I have faith in Coach. I really feel like she does know what she is doing. Next sport we got going on, and this is the spring sports we have going on, y'all. So I know I started out by talking about football, but that's because we finished National Signing Day, hit up on basketball. Right now we got tennis that is going on. The tennis team, they got a 3-7 and seven record, not a winning record, but we just defeated Grambling, and a lot of those losses were teams that were in larger conferences. You're talking about teams from the ACC that normally, if you're not familiar how the tennis season normally works is honestly teams are smart they they realize hey i can go to tallahassee i can get two matches for the cost of one and they do that they play fsu one that one time they play famu another and they're gone and that way you get to play a team that's on the upper echelon of athletics and then you get to play a team that's not at the bottom but ain't at the top let's be if we're being real about famu athletics a lot of times outside of football and sometimes track we're not the top team that teams are afraid of you know when it comes to our band not a hundred everybody you know you gotta put some respect on a hundred's name i mean let's keep it real but when it comes to tennis uh, baseball softball a lot of those olympic sports we're just not at the top and that that's fair uh considering what how things work and the funding it is what it is i'm gonna be real with you at all times uh, our next sport is softball, and the record is 1-8, and eight, and it's another situation where they're playing tough teams. And FAMU softball has always done this. So this is not like, oh, we're, we're losing, I'm aggravated, I'm frustrated. It's, we're 1-8. and eight. But you got to look at who we're playing. We play a tough schedule before the season starts so that when the conference slate hits, we're racking up wins, we are a better team, and we look really good out there. And we started off against teams like Campbell, UNF, Winthrop, and NC State in Jacksonville at the River City leadoff, and that was played at the University of North Florida's campus. It is a gorgeous campus. I encourage any of you that are in that area, especially when the Rattlers in town, drive through UNF. We do often play them in different sports and whatnot, but it turned out our only, our first win was against Winthrop, and Winthrop is a school a little further up north, but we pulled that out four to three, the other games, we didn't win. But, again, you're playing against NC State from the Atlantic Coast Conference. UNF has a good program. Uh, Campbell, they, they, they are right. They get some good talent. And then, again, we were able to defeat Winthrop. Now, the next tournament, we followed that right up with a tournament down in Gainesville, the UF tournament, and big boys in that game. I mean, that 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 was no no type of break there were no, there was no half stepping when it come to came to scheduling that particular game. FAMU is going to go down there, and they're going to play the likes of Duke from the Atlantic Coast Conference, the University of Florida, University of Louisville from the Atlantic Coast Conference, and Villanova. So you, you're facing teams from big conferences that have the ability to recruit slightly better athletes, if you want to say. And I don't think FAMU's athletes are slouches. I'm just saying. They have slightly better facilities. They have better athletes at a certain point. And they can offer their students a little more. So we, we are definitely working and seeing progress there because our next game is going to be against Florida State. In my personal opinion, Florida State's a tra traditional opponent at this point for FAMU. We play them every year almost, 
in softball and credits to both Joanne Graff and coach uh, Veronica Wiggins who are both retired but in their time at both universities set up home and home games and it was very uncommon to see a school like Florida State decide to say hey we'll go to FAMU and play them and okay it's across it's across the train tracks but we're going to build that relationship and it has continued ever since there was a respect between the two programs that I definitely uh, was able to witness firsthand uh, as a student definitely went to some of those Florida State and FAMU softball games and it continues to this day to where every year they play each other there's a respect and a rapport between the two programs and I hope this continues going on um, again Florida State softball complex is very nice their athletic complexes in general are very nice uh, and the the FAMU softball complex it's nice for what it is but considering you getting programs like that to say hey we'll play you over there it's a great thing and i famu does win this game every once in a while so let, let's not just say famu's gonna get spanked now fsu they've gotten some national championships in softball so they 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 got a program over there you're playing a top 10 top 25 team in florida state university and you you're gonna get some great experience and you're going to get a chance to potentially get some eyes on your players. And that's something that's always good. We always want attention highlighting our players' acclaims and accolades, showing how great they're doing. And this is just a continuation of more good things to come, hopefully. Now, the baseball team, though, and family baseball, if you're not a real rat look, um, you, you, you're going to be – you're going to be kind of hurt when I say this, but FAMU baseball has not always been this good. I remember growing up and be like, FAMU baseball, like, nobody's watching that. It it was a, uh embarrassment as a program at times. We were not that good. I remember being in college and players like, we quit, man. It's like, why you quit? Because we're not winning. <laughs> I can go to class and lose. Like, dang, bro. Like, it's like that. And they were honest. They got tired of losing. Um, and I remember right before... um my early years there fam you made a little noise had a winning season it was like okay let's let's do this and all of a sudden fam you had been down for some years and we get this guy named jamie shoot to come in and jamie shoot if you're not familiar used to be the pitching coach at florida state i personally feel like he got a raw deal over there uh got some blame that wasn't due him but he came to fam you and he actually went and coached at high schools for a little while after leaving florida state and comes to FAMU and just turns this program around, brings life to it, improves the facilities. And I've been to a FAMU baseball game since Coach Shoup has been there, and it's a different atmosphere. The fans are very engaged. It's very homey. It feels very comfortable. It's a lot of your friends, your cousins. Your, it's family. It feels so homey. But, and the players appreciate it. But it's, it's just a different type of atmosphere where – Guys come to FAMU to play baseball, they expect to win. They're not just going out there to get a scholarship and participate. They're expecting to win, and we've seen this. And one of the ways that we got paid back for having a good baseball program was the Andre Dawson Classic. And Andre Dawson, he's a FAMU graduate and a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. He is just everything that you kind of want to see at a professional level from somebody that comes to your school 
that, that's what we see we've seen from Andre Dawson. He he became an executive with the Miami Marlins. Most notable, uh, he is a former player for the Chicago Cubs, and he's beloved up there. If you've never gone to Wrigley Field, I encourage you to go there. Let people know you a Rattler and you are an Andre Dawson fan, and you're gonna start having people have the most uh, intimate conversations about how much they appreciated Andre Dawson and his contributions to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, my father and I had the benefit of going up there, and it's a great atmosphere. And you you can kind of see why, okay, y'all y'all really like Andre Dawson like that, okay. So that being said, fam, you kicks off the classic with a win, and it's a comeback win. We beat Prairie View A&M 13-7, and it's a back-and-forth game. The Rattlers started off with the lead, come back, Next inning, they lose the lead, or we lose the lead, and then we take the lead back, and we're going to rally to uh, put some points up on them boys, and we're going to start seeing Swag Baseball is a little different. Swag Baseball, to me, is a better brand than the MEAC. The MEAC, you only got two really good teams in there baseball-wise, softball-wise. I felt like you had about three, maybe four, uh, but baseball-wise, it was FAMU and Cookman. It, at, at the end, it was FAMU and Bethune-Cookman were the they were the only good teams in that conference baseball wise. Otherwise we were racking up wins and we were just between us two. We were going to play our, our games preseason. And once we got to the conference, we were trying to see who was going to win the conference tournament between those two schools and who was going to go play in the super regionals. And we saw a few years where both of them kind of made it out. Normally Cookman would end up in Tallahassee um, and fam. You would end up in Gainesville or someplace like that. And um, we're seeing, again, that continued success in athletics is benefiting the program. And the next game, FAMU loses to Alabama State. It was a 9-6 to loss. But Ethan Jenkins goes yard. He hits a moonshot. Oh, I mean, as soon as he hits it. And if you're not familiar, hit that FQ FAMU page on Twitter, and you can see a video of it. It was a no-doubter. The second he hits it, you hear that that classic college baseball ping from the bat, and the ball is, is just in the air, and it's there's no doubt. The second Ethan comes around first place, he's pointing towards the dugout. He's celebrating with his homies. It's There's no doubt. You know he hit a home run. I know he hit a home run. Everybody in the stadium knew it was gone. Only problem with it was a solo shot. So it brought the Rattlers back within a few more uh, points, but then the next inning we give up a run. I believe it was eight to five at that point. It became eight to six, and uh, Alabama State ultimately is going to outlast the Rattlers in baseball play. Now we come to one of the class teams, my personal opinion, class teams in the SWAC, and don't 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 sleep on Alabama State. Now Alabama State is up there. They have amazing facilities. If you haven't gone up there. Their football stadium is brand new. Baseball facilities are brand new. I mean, they have really invested into that program uh, athletically. So you can start seeing some results on the field because of those investments. But to me, one of the class programs of the SWAC is Southern University. And I'm a Rattler through and through. And it's always a good day when the Rattlers beat Southern University. Southern and Cookman are the two teams. If we beat them every day, oh, man, I'm whistling Dixie. The tea's a little sweeter. 
I mean, it's just it's a the day is just a little bit better. And the Rattlers did that. Comeback victory, eight to seven. We defeat Southern in Louisiana. Oh, it don't get no better. It don't get no better. We beat them in New Orleans. So the Rattlers come through, start the season off two and one. And I'm gonna say this. I love this. I love this baseball schedule right here. I appreciate what the softball team does and what we tend to do in basketball, but something to me speaks to the idea of having a winning record. I, I like the idea of playing teams that are difficult to start your schedule. I like the idea of maybe playing teams that are more talented than you on paper and maybe you score an upset or two, but there's something about having a winning record. I, I mean, I'll walk around. I'm going to walk around and talk a little trash this week. I, I'm not. I'm going to brag on family baseball. We got a winning record. We're two and one, and we're going into another classic. But we, we, I, I'm I'm here for it. Mission in that classic, the Rattlers are going to be going to Atlanta, Georgia, a town stay down, a town stomping up in Phillips Arena. Okay, we're not in Phillips Arena, and it's not Phillips Arena anymore. But if you are the culture, you understand. But the Rattlers are going to be up there playing at the Gwinnett Stripers Baseball Stadium. That's a AAA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. And we're going to play Grambling State University. And this isn't the first year we've done this. I believe it's our second time playing in this classic. And I want to encourage anybody that's in the Atlanta metropolitan area to come out and support the Rattlers. We are a uh, good baseball team. It's a fun team to watch. You, you get a good experience from this, but swag baseball is different. You, it's a little faster. It's a little more aggressive. To me, SWAC baseball reminds me sometimes of watching old videos of the Negro Leagues where you can see they got the flair, the crowd's a little more into it. It's it's not the same, whereas the MEAC, it was a little more boring. They, they, the, te- the, play, the teams could hit, but a lot of them really couldn't pitch as well. And we could, we could zoom around the bases compared to those guys where – you're not going to see that in the swag from what I've seen. These teams are more aggressive. The baseball pro- programs are better, and they expect to win more games. We saw Alcorn State made a coaching change because the baseball program wasn't hitting on much. So we're going to see that this classic is hopefully going to be a continuation and us growing our program more and defeating teams that are not only in our conference and on a similar playing field, but also – Play, giving playing in front of a showcase atmosphere and when i'm saying this uh one of the things about playing in front of the showcase atmosphere is that all these games were on television they were on mlb network uh they were showcased and highlighted in prime time these weren't games against the university of miami on a tuesday at four o'clock in the afternoon that's only on the ACC network or ACC network 17 that you can't watch. It was on primetime MLB network. MLB was fully participatory as far as sharing the information saying, yo, this dude from fam, you just hit a home run. Y'all should watch this game. They shared it on their Twitter feeds. They shared it on their other platforms. And we were able to see the benefits. And we saw the same thing with the basketball program being on NBA TV. Granted, NBA TV has a niche audience and a niche market, but those are eyes that aren't normally on the game. We, we're it, It's not the game that's on Facebook that people like me that are diehard Rattlers are going to watch. I, I'm, I'm a diehard. Fam, you could be on 
dog on Twitter playing basketball and I'm gonna watch it. I mean, but that's just me. I'm biased <laughs> and I and I own my bias and I'm trying to watch the game right now. It doesn't look like it started yet, but that that's just me being real with y'all about it. That being said, though, we need more games like that. We need more opportunities that are on television. As much as I just stated, I'd like us to not play a lot of those, I guess, quote unquote, money games or as many of them. I really feel like our number one money game should be Florida State. Maybe not a money game, but a proximity game. Florida State is across the train tracks. We've seen that FAMU softball has a long tradition at this point. It's been over 10 years. This is tradition for me. I'm sorry. It's, I mean, you, you're going home and home with, with, these, with this team, and your stadium is nowhere near what Joanne Graff Field is, but they charge it not robbery to come over and play at the FAMU softball complex. The same should be done for FAMU men's baseball. Not saying we should go home to home because if you've been to Dowser, uh, Dick Hauser, sorry, I said Dowser, but if you've been to Dick Hauser and you compare that to more Kittles Field, there is no comparison. The animals at Florida State would eat up all of the seating at more Kittles, and it would definitely be a problem because their fans would take over um, or feel like they should take over because it's not large enough. But a midweek game or a midweek series between FAMU and FSU. A Tuesday, Wednesday night series. I mean, come on. It makes sense. We're coming down to Orlando to play UCF on a one-night game. So you're going to pay for all that travel in a hotel to come to Orlando, maybe slide over to maybe Cookman or somewhere else or USF, and then come back. When, if you want to, you can put the students on a bus. But if you don't, you don't. I mean, I just, I just personally feel like uh, that's something we should look at as a program and listening to Mike Martin talk on the Jeff Cameron show. I'll give Jeff Cameron credit. Mike Martin stated they had problems filling in the roster and they were trying to fill it in with certain teams, but they're going to play some of us. Why not? Let's keep the money in Tallahassee. The teams in Tallahassee should play each other. I'm not saying we should play each other in football. I don't want that. I don't think that's something that we should push right now. I don't I don't know if we've come that far as a society that we're ready for that in football. Uh, I'm not even ready for it in basketball, and I understand why. I'm old enough to remember the the <laughs> the Lariats in the Leon County Civic Center. <laughs> the throwdown in the tuck if you want to modernize it. I remember when we were fighting Florida State on the basketball court. So I I perfectly understand why we don't play them in basketball and we if we're not ready to handle that, we shouldn't. I feel like Coach Hamilton would be able to handle it, and I feel like Coach McCullum would as well. I feel like it would be a good atmosphere. I definitely think it would sell out, and that's really, at this point, what it's about. It's, a, it's about monetizing the situation that's going to create the best benefit and opportunities for both Florida A&M University, the city of Tallahassee, and in that case, Florida State University as well. That being said, the men's basketball game is about to tip off. I'm going to give you all my predictions on this one. I think FAMU wins. I'm, I'm, I'm completely biased. But after seeing the last game and the last time we played Alabama a and I believe we had a close victory. I think we get another one. Uh, Lawson Center looks a little empty, though. Uh, y'all know how we do, though. Rattlers kind of we kind of fill in the game after the second half, especially when the women's team isn't winning or if one of the teams isn't winning nobody's going to watch a loser respectfully um so 
And I'm not trying to say that they are losers. I'm saying the team is not winning. And I remember when I was in college, the men weren't winning. So we started all going to the girls' games. <laughs> so um, that being said, though, y'all, y'all enjoy this basketball game. It is live stream on Facebook. I'm watching right now. We just went up three to nothing. Um, and so I'm excited, hoping for another FAMU victory. And our next show, we're going to talk about this football schedule, some of the conflicts that are there on the football schedule, the obvious conflict, which is homecoming, and Georgia Tech is playing Florida State that same weekend. We got a few more scheduled conflicts, but we're also going to talk about how the teams that we played finished last year, and I'm going to give y'all my win-loss predictions for each game for each game and that may change we may do this again closer to football season but from 10,000 feet away we're going to talk about that and then hopefully we'll get to kind of round up and talk about what the basketball slate is looking like as we prepare for March Madness how the Rattlers stand in the swack and what is going to be our potential outcomes and how things are going with baseball tennis and our other sports as always y'all thank y'all for listening keep continuing to support and as always it's fangs up